Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here in the studio with you is Ian and Jay. According to a federal appeals court, they are striking down a panel of judges unanimously uh, ruled. Three-judge panel in the New Orleans-based appeals court uh, today, apparently, or sorry, yesterday, struck down a decades-old law that barred users of illegal drugs from possessing firearms, which is a huge blow to U.S. gun regulations after the Supreme Court cleared the way last year for courts to re-examine the nation's gun laws under a new legal standard. And this is a law that has never made any sense at all. The idea that if you have ever been convicted of a drug crime uh, or you are you know, admittedly a user of marijuana or something like that, that you are just simply not allowed to defend yourself. You are not allowed to defend your family. Uh, for instance, here in New Hampshire... Uh, there's the medical marijuana program. and Yeah, there's the medical marijuana program that's been in place now for, I think, about 10 years. And whenever you sign up for this medical marijuana, which I have done, um, even though I'm not allowed to, <laughs> to use it under my federal bail conditions, I, I do qualify for it. Uh, when you sign up for it, they give you plenty of warning that by signing up for the medical marijuana federally, uh, state, you're doing it at the state level, right, from the Department of Health and Human Services here in New Hampshire. But by signing the form saying that you are going to acquire marijuana, you may be putting yourself at risk from federal prosecution if you are also found to have a gun. I, I, I would, uh, wouldn't even walk into a uh, cannabis store just to look around because they want to scan an ID. Yeah. No, I, I, get, I tell I get that it. to people all the time. Like, why would you even do that? Now you're in some database somewhere. I think most people probably do it for the convenience sake. I mean, the, most people are willing to give up their privacy for convenience. Most I mean, people we've are seen willing that. to give up their rights for convenience. It's good all the time. Yeah, that's true. Um, I've actually done it once a long time ago. I went down to, I think it was like 2019 when Massachusetts first opened their stores, just to have the experience of being able to walk into a store and purchase marijuana, I was willing to do it. And yes, you're right. They did scan uh, IDs going in there. But uh, it was it was interesting. Overpriced, but interesting. The thing is, though, Jay, even if you have the medical card, you're not obligated to buy your marijuana from a store. You can still buy the marijuana on the black market. It is just, it is legal for you to have and to use medical, cannabis for medical purposes. Now, there's certain rules in every state around how or how much uh, cannabis you can have at any given time. I don't think uh, New Hampshire even has home grow yet. I think that's something they're still working on. But they have been what they have been doing is they've been making it easier over time for uh, for patients to get access to it. They've been lessening the restrictions over the last ten years. Now they're allowing patients from other states. So if you have a card from Massachusetts or you know somewhere else, you can come in Arizona, you know, wherever. You can come into New Hampshire and you can go to one of the shops there or they will recognize the card. So they've been lowering the the requirements for qualifications and things like that. But now, according to this federal appeals court, it may be the case that if you are a drug user, you will have your right to bear firearms, to bear arms restored. Go ahead, caller. What's your name? Hey, hey my name's Nick. I was just calling about the uh, use of firearms with a medical marijuana license. Yes, sir. 
So the background check process didn't seem to, you know, at the time I was a medical patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't say what state I'm in, but, uh, you know, I, I went to a gun show and just kind of for, you know, laughs, I went ahead and I applied to get a, uh, you know, a rifle, a long arm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was thinking, oh, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get it. But, you know, lo and behold, boom, there it is. I got approved for it. So Interesting. I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Uh, how they, you know, what the background check even entails. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure it's criminal related. So if you don't have, like, a criminal history of, you know, violence or drug use or whatever, then it's probably you're pretty much in the clear. And you were just saying you just had a medical marijuana card, right? Right, right. And, I, you know, I've never had a criminal offense or anything yeah. like that. So do you think it's like a HIPAA violation or something along those lines? That well, it could it be. It could, could be that. I mean, it's probably just as simple as the federal government doesn't have database access to all of the states that have a medical marijuana program. They just don't have that access. They don't have that information. So they can't check it. That's my guess. Gotcha. Gotcha. But gotcha. HIPAA could be a, a factor. Yeah, and honestly, like with with legalization coming coming down the pipe, uh, I, I don't really think that it should restrict gun ownership. I think that's actually pretty ridiculous, especially if you live in a large metropolitan area. As Absolutely, I do, you know, everything's going down the tubes, and you know, I'm I just tuned into you guys, so I'm not sure where your affiliations are, where you lean, but you know, where I'm living now, if you don't if you don't have that on you, you know, you're you're pretty screwed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I can't speak for you, Jay, but I would say most of the hosts of this show are libertarian or would describe themselves as a uh, voluntarist or an anarchist. Right. I, I like to call myself a non-archist. And there you I, would, go. I would say uh, we like freedom here. That's what we're into. I got you. I got you. I, you know, man, I'm, I'm glad I stumbled on you guys. I was just going through the uh, the old train fever in my car taking a ride. Oh, where are you calling us from tonight? I'm calling from uh, Philadelphia. Oh, you were on broadcast radio in Philadelphia? AM 740. I'm going to make a note of this. AM 740. So, so right. Philadelphia, have you taken a ride down Kensington Street any uh, time lately? <laughs> so uh, I actually work on an ambulance, so yes. Oh, perfect. Oh, wow. Many, many of my days. So, you're, so I got a question for you. Uh, What's up? When uh, and, and I've asked this to some guys in Springfield, Massachusetts, and some guys in Manchester, New Hampshire that are first responders. I was a firefighter, actually, for 20 years. And uh, our town had a private ambulance service, but I knew a bunch of ambulance guys. Uh, and anyways, uh, first off, thank you for your service. Being a, uh, EMTs are very important. Uh, and, I appreciate that. Uh, one of the things uh, that I've been at, at encouraging people to ask first responders uh, is uh, how many of the, um, you know, the uh, overdose victims or the people that you're Narcamming uh, are on welfare. So, like, do they have an EBT card? <laughs> In their pocket, uh, uh, you know. You know, um, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm sure it's a high clip. You know, I'm obviously not asking, but uh, that that area is well known for you know high welfare, high food stamp, chip, EBT, whatever it may be. And uh, I, I think that's pretty ridiculous, man. I, I think it's nuts that a you know a good percentage of my check is going directly to people who just get it on the card and sell it outside the supermarket for you know drug money. The case that this. Uh, three-judge panel ruled unanimously to reverse was uh, that the uh, man Patrick Daniels was the defendant, will have his July 2022 conviction under that law that we're talking about, where, again, a former drug user uh, cannot uh, bear arms. Daniels had been sentenced to nearly four years in prison and three years of probation 
according to the ju- one of the judges in the case, as applied to Daniels, the federal gun law violates the Second Amendment. Daniels had been arrested in April of 2022 after law enforcement officers searched his car during a stop and found marijuana butts and two loaded firearms. The officers did not administer a drug test the night of the stop, but Daniels admitted that he was a frequent user of marijuana. First mistake, okay? The first mistake is admitting anything to the police. If, you know, look, I'm not a lawyer, not giving you legal advice, but if it were me and the police were searching a car, whether they're legally searching it or illegally searching it, and many of them are likely to do it illegally, and if you're on the side of the road, you may not know whether it's legal or illegal. It doesn't matter. If they find something like a marijuana butt and they say, Mr. Daniels, is this your marijuana roach, sir? You have no obligation to answer their question. You do not have to tell them that that is your marijuana roach. You don't have to tell them that you smoked marijuana earlier in the evening or that you have ever consumed marijuana in your life. It doesn't matter if they found the roaches in your ashtray. So circumstantially, sure looks like it might be your roaches, but they still would have to prove it in court if you didn't admit to it. So they don't have to prove anything in court and a judge will still find you guilty, just well, like in my wife's case. <laughs> that may be true. Or the jury may find you guilty anyway, but, like they did yeah, in my, my yeah. case. But. So, but, any, but the one thing that you should say, this is not legal advice, but uh, there is some precedent, some ruling. I don't remember exactly what, what it came out of that, you know, silence is consent. Uh, and mm. you, and there is some ruling where you just can't, you, you can't invoke the fifth um, oh, yeah. by being silent. You have to actually say uh i'm like what i would would say recommend it saying is i am exercising my right not to incriminate myself mm. uh, it covers yeah you know, you're, pretty much you're referring to a supreme court case from i don't know most of a decade ago i think at this point yeah, that sounds right that made this bizarre ruling that you cannot simply remain silent even though you have a right to remain silent that you have to verbally invoke and i suppose you could actually use like a uh, pre-written piece of paper i bet you could probably have and you know i'm invoking my right to remain silent or whatever Give, call, call my lawyer and put that up on your uh you know the inside the, of your glass there's a bumper sticker here it says uh i do not consent to searches yep and uh i'm exercising my right to remain silent maybe there's maybe there's two bumper stickers one says the other and then it mm-hmm. says something about call my lawyer martin and hipple yeah. <laughs> or something in a phone number yeah these are all things you could have written down because it can be tricky to have an interaction with a police officer sure it's scary for most people it, it's very intimidating they, the man's got a gun in many cases his hand is on the gun uh he may have even drawn the gun in certain circumstances and so it can be very, very scary. They're they're trained to intimidate you. They're trained to make you feel. At the same time, you're intimidated. They're also trained to try to coax information out of you. So they want you to to kind of do what a human being is likely to do, which is to say, have a conversation with somebody. When someone who's another person looks at you and says something to you. It is your natural inclination, most people's, to say something back. Sheriff David Hathaway on our SIP line, which you can connect to over at sip.freetalklive.com. Normally people call on the regular phone. This usually sounds better because uh, it's an internet call. David, you're on Free Talk Live, calling us from yeah. uh, Santa Cruz County, the border county, uh, one of them in Arizona. Welcome. 
Yeah. Hi, Ian. Ian and Jay. Yeah, good talking to you guys. Just want to make a couple of comments first on the consent thing. Um, like here at the Border Patrol checkpoints in Arizona and cops in general, they're real tricky on the consent thing where they will. You talk just uh, to clarify, are you talking about the internal checkpoints? Yeah, the internal okay. checkpoints that are well within mm -hmm. the United States. Um, it will ostensibly sound like they're just being friendly mm -hmm. and asking for your assistance, but they'll say things like, hey, buddy, would you mind popping the trunk for me? Just that little silver button there. Can you just hit that and pop oh, the trunk for me? Would and, you mind? That sounds yeah, like they're we, asking we, for your consent. <laughs> right. And mm -hmm. then it is actually a question. And they say, hey, uh, hey, buddy, could you pass me the keys there or can you just step out now? Can you go around there and just open the trunk for the keys for me? Uh, just... Uh, you know, or can you just reach around in the back seat and just pull that handle there to open the back door for me? And it's just kind of like, can you do me a favor? Mm -hmm. And but it is actually in the form of a question, and they are actually seeking consent. So Sneaky. that's one of the common ones I see. Sneaky. Yeah. I, How would you oh, go ahead, Jay? I had a DOT cop years ago when I was hauling hay, and he's like, "Hey, can you step out of the truck?" I'm like, "Are you uh, asking me to do something?" He goes, "Yeah, I just asked you to do something." I says, "Okay, I don't work for free." <laughs> says, you, I want $50,000 an hour to work for you. And since you work for the government, I don't trust you. I need to get paid up front in cash. <laughs> and he goes, you can't do that. I'm like, oh, you can hold me in involuntary servitude. You can order me to do something without paying me. Nice. He says, you want to go down yeah. that road? Let's do it. And uh, he's like, just get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, another thing, Jay, on that, that thing, the law about you, that they struck down, it says, you know, um, if you use illegal drugs, you can't own a firearm, but it's kind of, it's really weird and hypocritical because let's talk about opiates. You know, there's a whole bunch of legal opiates that have the same ingredient in it, like codeine mm -hmm. and Demerol and oxycodone. And there's, you know, morphine's legal. There's fentanyl patches that are actually, uh, legal and prescribed, but then there's the illegal, um, drugs that have the same substance. There's still opiates like, you know, uh, heroin or raw opium so it's just kind of weird that you could have the same substance in your body but if it's designed to de defined as illegal and i i was just looking at that ruling when you were talking about mm -hmm. it and i guess at this point they're kind of uh, constraining it to marijuana you know oh, are they the, the, well it's just the, at least that seemed the way the holding was in that case it was particular to oh just because to, the case specifically had to do with uh with yeah, marijuana and, and mm. but it did say you know uh striking down that part of that law that mm -hmm. said illegal drug usage um you know can't disqualify you from owning a gun but then it, it is kind of weird that some things can be illegal well uh, at the very least the this would thing. open yeah. the door for a, a defendant who was arrested for cocaine could use the same argument yeah. and may indeed have success but i'm curious to come back to the checkpoint trickery that you're talking about uh these are the same checkpoints where they will ask people if they are a u.s citizen correct yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And that's that's a vague question. The reason for those checkpoints, but they'll do other things too. Like it's been the fraud with the dog usage has been proven over and over. Like they've had, uh, you know, body camera video showing uh, the the dog handler making the dog alert. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're signaling spot on the car. Yeah, yeah they're, they they're, signal, they're quietly they to... signaling to the dog yeah. to false alert to give an excuse to conduct a search. Uh, and that's what they can do if they don't get the driver's consent. 
with the tricky questions that right. and, uh, you're and, talking about. And then they can't put the dog on the witness stand and say, articulate mm -hmm. for us what <laughs> it was that made you alert on that spot. Now, right. if it's a, a human being, the officer has to say, well, the person looked nervous or he was sweating or he <laughs> made conflicting statements. Um, it, they have to like compile a list of things to make it be like, why? why you had your probable cause, why you're suspicious. But of course, speaking of Border Patrol, they don't even need uh, probable cause. There's three Supreme Court cases that say Border Patrol has what they call extended border search authority within 100 miles really? of the U.S. border. And yet two-thirds of the American population, over 200 million people, live Well, ho hold within... on. If that's the case, uh, David, then why are they trying to get people to consent to the search if they can just search anyway? The the a U.S. Attorney's Office likes it better if they can get consent. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there still are cases that get thrown out. For example, a tractor trailer driver that has a load of tomatoes, uh, but there's some cocaine hidden in there. Um, you know, he can make the argument that he didn't know that it was loaded at a warehouse and mm -hmm. he just came with the tractor and hit and hooked up to the uh, the trailer part that was had a reefer sure. unit on it. So they do get thrown out sometimes. But if they can if they can go down this path of suspicion or consent, um, then the U.S. attorneys, you know, like that, it may it makes it look uh, like the person was more involved with with giving permission. When a woman is uh, given birth in New Hampshire, uh, they will sometimes test them for THC. So, for example, um, we were concerned about COVID, and we had talked with a, a doctor, a couple of doctors about this, uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits uh, being one in particular. In fact, there's a show where Judy and I talked about this on freedomsphoenix.com, and we were concerned about not so much COVID, but, you know, the shed of the COVID-19 vaccine and the spike proteins and all that stuff. And, you know, um, miscarriages have sort of skyrocketed, you know, during this time. And we wanted to protect ourselves. So one of the things we did was we used uh, ivermectin paste and mixed it with cannabis oil. And I basically we rubbed it on my wife. Um, a, a certain amount and the ivermectin paste was literally horse wormer and so it's a topical and it'll get a little bit of that ivermectin in there and well we had a really a super healthy baby but you can test positive for THC when you do that really so the interesting thing is is they want to give you a, a hard time uh, you know whatever you know do some stuff if, if you test positive for THC in fact in Alabama they put women in prison if they test positive for THC when they're given birth uh, there's a story about a, a, a girl who uh, this happened to that was using CBD oil. and uh, But what they will do is they will prescribe you an opiate narcotic for pain from the pregnancy. So they're yep. like, oh, no, the THC is horrible. We're going to you know <laughs> fine you for that. But but here's this opiate. Take this. And that That's is some hydrocodone. Some, I can't remember which pill it was, yep. but it's an opiate. And, and uh, they're like, oh, would you like some? And I don't remember what this thing was called, but they were like just pushing it on my wife in a hospital and my wife's like i don't want an opiate what's wrong with you i'll sit here in pain leave me alone mm. you know so it's just it's it, it's so ridiculous yeah and these uh jay these cps things or department of Ch uh, children family services they're so vague that they can kind of they they have so much power they don't even need a search warrant they can go in and look at your kids teeth and say oh their baby teeth have cavities in them and threaten to take your kids away from you and it's for that very reason that we had our last seven children at home, home births, just me and my wife, our first two of the nine were at hospitals and we had such a bad experience. Like there's this now 
defensive medicine where they do all this weird stuff to you. They put silver nitrate drops in your kid's eyes that immediately make their eyes swell up. And it's for in case the mom had, and it's universal in case the mom has gonorrhea and you're supposedly not able to opt out. And they say, well, it's minimally intrusive. So there's even been court rulings to say, uh, that uh, hospitals have been sued that didn't do that. So they kind of automatically do that now. And, auto- and the automatic episiotomy that they do, um, just this whole defensive medicine, we, we did everything we could think of, everything in the book, so you can't sue us. Even though an episiotomy causes, uh, there's, uh, you know, the, the level of wounds that the vaginal tears that a woman can get are from a one to a five. And the natural tearing, if there's any, is like a level two on average, but episiotomy mm-hmm. is automatically up to a level five, but they're doing that to supposedly uh, protect the mother and ease the baby coming out. But it's just where they, I don't want to get too graphic about mm-hmm. it, but it's usually with scissors, they they snip the tissue between the vagina and the anus, um, and that's called an episiotomy, and they kind of automatically do that. They did that to my wife, and it's mm. very painful. You have to recover. They do the stitches and all that Jeez. kind of stuff. And uh, we even told them on the second one, we do not want you to do this, and we don't want you to do the silver nitrate in the baby's eyes. And they did it anyway. Oh, so my God. After that, we did all the, the last seven births at home, and, and it was it- a pain to get um, – birth certificates and they wanted us to get the vaccinations, which Mm -hmm. we didn't. But um, yeah, like Jay, you're right. I mean, it's just those people have unbelievable power to go in and just say, we're going to take your kids from you because Mm -hmm. you didn't change the the diaper often enough or something. It's crazy. Calling us all the way from Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, it's uh, Rebecca, Rebecca Scott, she says. Uh, Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. Hello, everyone. Hi, Rebecca. What, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I'm just here to um, to talk about Jay Noon, who is um, presenting at the Non-Conformist Series, which is happening tomorrow and the rest of the weekend. It's uh, a, a on, free online event, and uh, Jay is one of our awesome presenters. Yeah, uh, actually, I was here the night, this was maybe a week or two ago, that you guys recorded this presentation, uh, and it seemed to go very, very well. I mean, that was my understanding from sort of coming by the studio on occasion as he was uh, doing it. I think he was only scheduled for 45 minutes, but it seemed like you guys were on, maybe you were just chatting with him, I don't know, but it seemed like you were on together for three or four hours or something like that. So it seemed like you really enjoyed it, Rebecca. Yeah, look, we might have we might have um, kept going for a little bit longer afterwards. Yes, uh, definitely. Um, I think once you've got a lot to talk about, it's hard to stop. But the actual um, presentation that we recorded for the non-conformist series was surrounding the idea of getting your kids off the uh, the internet and uh, how to um, to give them. Uh, dopamine hits from other sources. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of where that discussion went. It's definitely something Jay has talked passionately about here on the radio. So Free Talk Live listeners will probably be familiar with some of it. But Jay, are they going to pick up some new information if uh, if they tune into this thing? Uh, they would. For me, they 
Well, if you're if you listen to me every night, it's a, it's a lot of what I've been saying, anyways. But mm-hmm. it's it's sort of put together. Uh, Rebecca helped me, you know, keep me on track. I'm a you know a little bit of a <laughs> you know I'm I'm like that dog that sees a squirrel sometimes, you know, and I'm you know you know getting things just pop into my mind. Uh, <clears throat> so it's it's sort of a, a more precise precise presentation of what okay. I've been talking about, and I and it's uh, all put together and. Uh, and it's, uh, and it will, yes, I think it'll, it'll help people understand where I'm coming from a lot better, mm-hmm. uh, that have been listening and it's something, you know, that you can focus on and then there will be a question and, oh, and really? a Q and a afterwards. So you'll be there for this thing yes. happening as it, uh, is, is presented and then you'll take questions. Yes. Okay. All right. That's and then there's cool. going to be a round table discussion with, uh, myself, um, Danny Sessoms, uh, who, who else is on there? That round table? Uh, Jonna, who's um, Danny's uh, travel partner. And uh, and also I have asked Lexi, who is running the Mariposa Freedom Festival. So she's going to come on as well. So we're kind of going to talk about, uh, in that round table, we're going to talk about building community through running events. And it's not a long, long uh, interaction, but it's, that that's kind of the focus for that since that the connectivity between everybody yeah it'll be information packed for sure now this is happening starting tomorrow it's an online event it's put on by the folks over at anarchapulco which longtime listeners of free talk live know very well because we broadcast from anarchapulco here at free talk live for multiple years i think we're there three or four years in a row and it's a, that alone is a great event, but you got to pay a little bit of money if you're going to fly to Mexico and get some, you know, hotel rooms. This you're telling me you can you can attend this thing in its entirety for free, Rebecca. Is that right? That is a hundred percent correct. If you are there to watch it live, then you can watch it for free. Mm-hmm. And when you sign up, you get the option to buy the upgrade to the lifetime access which ah. I'm telling you right now is worth 67 US dollars. That's um, it. Okay. Not, and that and that literally is that's the cheapest it gets. It goes up um once you know once you don't take that first offer. But sure. um definitely not into the hard sell. That's why we offer it for free as well. Um, that's great. but I think once you dig into day 2 and 3 as well, you'll be going, "Oh man, I wish I'd paid the 67 bucks." What are the, what and, would you um, uh, can you highlight a couple does. of things from you know the, you know besides Jay uh, obviously our listeners are familiar with him but <laughs> what uh, I see there's looks like a, maybe a dozen two dozen speakers here I mean what are uh, what are some of the topics you're excited about hearing uh, I am really excited about the hemp builders who are actually first up so they um, they've got a a um, in a community that they're building in Tennessee. Um, and but they're actually, and quite a lot of the community probably know these guys anyway. They've been getting around a bit. Um, Imami and Imani and River, and River was a big, you know, sort of uh, big development builder, and he's changed strength. You know, he's he's seen the light, and so he's got that that experience of building but then he's turned it and gone okay hemp is where it's at Hmm. and so i'm really excited about them and they're on they're on the same day so tomorrow um the program's actually on the site so and and Mm -hmm. anyone who's 
familiar with Anarchapulpary, they can go there and look. But I'll give, um, if there's an opportunity for Jay to put his affiliate link in the chat somehow, then that would be the best way to benefit, so Jay can benefit. And since we're talking about Jay Noon things, let's talk about your wife, uh, Shallon. She was, uh, she and you uh, have been targeted by the thugs at the Department of, or sorry, Division of Human Services, or sorry, uh, Children and Families. Yep. And uh, they claim that your kids are in danger from what? Well, they're not really clear, if I recall correctly, because Bonnie did read me this document that they sent you recently oh yeah so they sent this thing certified mail i presume it it has to do i i I have not read the whole thing but she read the bulk of it to me i presume it has to do with the recent conviction in new hampshire district court for the dastardly so-called crime of leaving a two-year-old strapped into a car seat in an air-conditioned vehicle on a nice day as according to the police own testimony a very nice day uh, in New Hampshire, in the Concord area, mid March, mm-hmm. still snow on the ground. But they said it was like seventy or sixty-five degrees or something like that. So it was supposed to be a really nice day. Well, according to uh, like the Weather Channel, it was like a high of like sixty-four that day. Yeah, a high. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you didn't really need the air conditioning in the car, but it was on. Well, climate control. Yeah, you know, whatever what it was. does, it keeps it nice in there. Yeah, and uh, some snitch had come across the car in the parking lot who just so happens to work for the prosecutor's office, the county prosecutor's office. I don't know if she's a secretary or what her, yep, her secretary deal is. Secretary is what her LinkedIn profile said. Yeah, and so she calls the cops. The cops show up, and there was some dispute at the trial as to how long of a period the child was in the car. It was apparently asleep. So, you know, comfortably asleep, just chilling in the car, and they arrested her for that. Uh, not on the scene. It took, what was it, months? Actually, uh, my wife never got arrested. She oh, got really? Pulled over by a cop, and and the cop's like, oh, there's a warrant out for your arrest. Mm. And then the cop was like, oh, this is ridiculous, mm. <laughs> basically. Uh, I'll bring you back the summons. I see. Yeah, so, so he didn't so, he so, didn't put handcuffs on nope. her, but he did ticket her. No, nope, no ticket. Well, all the summons is well, yeah, yeah, essentially yeah. a ticket. The summons, he, yeah, provided yeah. the summons, yep. Okay. And so then she had to go to court. There was a trial. Uh, the courtroom was packed full of people. They actually tried to keep us out by moving the trial from the normal courtroom with the full pews to a room that had maybe four out of eight pews. So it was a much smaller courtroom because they wanted to actually keep people out of this trial. Ended up people sitting on the floor against the judge's demands. It was it was a really interesting uh, situation. Full video is over on the Free Keen channel on Odyssey over at video.freekeen.com if you want to see it. But now, after the conviction, you guys have put in for what they call a de novo appeal here in New Hampshire, and that's because they charged her as a Class A misdemeanor. Right. And what that means is that your wife is facing up to a potential year in jail on this conviction. And in New Hampshire, you have a right to a jury trial appeal from a bench trial for a Class A misdemeanor if you want it. And why wouldn't you want it? It's a second crack at the uh, the apple or whatever. And so uh, you guys are putting in for that de novo appeal, which de novo in Latin means from the beginning. That means that you will get a whole new trial in front of an actual jury this time. And that means the state has to put on their whole case all over again, call all the witnesses again, and go through all the motions, but in front of a jury this time. 
Meanwhile, DCYF sends you a letter. Yeah, so they send a uh, certified letter, and uh, they are saying that um, they uh, that there is a preponderance of evidence that the child was neglected. The ne- neglect occurred that uh, the neglect that occurred was the following: on March twenty first, twenty twenty two, DCYF received a pert uh, a report concerning an a concern alleging that your child was neglected by you. In it was reported that you left your child in a running car while you entered a department store for approximately thirty minutes, leaving your child unattended without proper care or supervision. You were later charged with child endangerment due to the incident. CPSW, that's Child Protection Service Worker, uh, uh, social worker Melissa Coombs, has conducted an assessment of this report of a concern, including speaking with Henniker Police Department, Concord Police Department, and the child's primary care physician. Additionally, Henniker Police Department met with your family on multiple occasions. Based on the assessment done, DCYF has determined that you have neglected your child. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. The child was in a car that was... Air conditioned, that it was asleep, it was strapped into uh, a car seat. I mean, there was no danger whatsoever, as the police officer specifically testified to. But none of that matters because all they care about is there was a guilty finding, and so therefore neglect. Yeah, and a guilty finding in an absolute garbage courtroom, mm-hmm. a statutory court. And, and another thing that that happened during that trial is I asked the uh, cop. What evidence do you, do you have? Evidence that that the New Hampshire Code and Constitution apply to someone simply because they're on the land that we call New Hampshire? And he said, "No, I don't have any." Nope. That is one of the elements of a crime that they have to have jurisdiction. If anybody brings a lawsuit against anybody or any kind of claim, they must prove they have a right to to uh, uh, bring that claim against you. Mm-hmm. But when you have kangaroo garbage courts, like most of them are, you know, run by a bunch of shills. Uh, people who are cult worshippers of the state, uh, they are constantly, you know, convicting people of nonviolent, no victim crimes where the state has oh, yeah, no jurisdiction. Long. And they have done this repeatedly to people who are involved in the freedom movement. Uh, Health Freedom New Hampshire was right on the back of my my wife's car. You know, the big uh, stickers, the first mm-hmm. thing you see. And uh, that's off of her car now because mm. the harassment and you just like you have um, Pamela and Tyler Workman who uh, were uh, arrested and charged along with Rochelle Kelly for letting their kids play at the park. Actually, Pamela and Tyler are, have filed a um, a complaint with the uh, Concord Police Department and the Concord Police Department put a no trespass order on them. I talked about <laughs> that for a minute last week. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're actually fi- uh, uh, drafting up complaints to file, and I'm going to mm-hmm. be uh, when that happens. I'm going to have uh, I'll be talking about it here, and okay. I'm going to be uh, asking people to uh, send letters to to their state representatives, send letters to the governor's council, saying that you want this investigated, that you are as a, and taxpayers are having a foot to bill for all of this garbage. 
I mean, we got drug encampments. I mean, there's all kinds of um, you know problems going on. You can't walk through certain parts of Manchester without dodging needles on the ground. There's like parks you can't go hang out in Manchester, and 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 even we have mm. you have cases right in my own hometown. I have uh, a nailed down a case where uh, a local uh, family who's not doing good at raising their kids. The kids are smelling like mm. urine and feces. They're they're mm, hungry. Uh, the schools reporting on them. The bus drivers reporting on them. Uh, other people in town are reporting on them. They're, they're, you know, this is a um, a, a mom uh, who has a, a drug addiction issue, mm. and and so these are cl- very much neglected and abused children. Sure. And DCYF had little to no interest in d- doing anything with them. That's crazy. But they had tremendous focus on me mm-hmm. uh, and my family. And I believe it was because my kids are healthy. I also believe it was because we were being targeted as because we're free staters, because we talk about being free staters. Mm-hmm. They even say in their, they even make up out of thin air in their affidavit that we're uh, free stater, anti-government, live on a compound with lookouts, for example. <laughs> and then they, in another affidavit, this Melissa Coombs, who um is the bureaucrat here who, yeah who is the uh, social worker that does not have an oath of office by the way mm-hmm. none of these guys have an oath of office i got my response back when i asked for her oath of office was their state's response was state employees aren't required required to have an oath of office mm-hmm. so um de- what else is in this oh this so what else is this goes on here. it says pursuant to rsa 169c3 xix so that would be 29 or no mm-hmm. 19, 19 b dcyf has determined that the minor child which i disagree with that term that's that's a that's a uh, commercial term minor child mm. uh is an, a neglected child by you without proper parental care control or substance as required by law and that her health has suffered or is likely to suffer serious impairment that is absolutely insane amounts of libel against you honestly yeah, because i think they did us a favor by writing that the, i mean this lawsuit's gonna be massive against the, these guys the idea that your kid's health is in jeopardy i mean you guys are living on a farm you're eating the best possible meats you're eating fresh raw milk you guys have your kids have one of the best diets you could possibly give a kid but that's not what they're talking about they're trying to claim that because you your wife Left one of the kids in a car for thirty, you know, allegedly thirty minutes, and it wasn't even that long. But yeah, that that's somehow putting the health of that child in danger. Right. The, the most ridiculous. dangerous. You know what the most dangerous thing is you can do with a kid, child, according to statistics. You know how most children die: motor vehicle accidents, mm-hmm. properly strapped in the car. I asked a cop on the stand, "Have you ever seen a baby die in a car that was just parked somewhere?" No. No. My question or concern in this case is now that she's on this list of quote-unquote abusers or whatever they're going to call this, what does that mean in the long run? I mean, does that mean that these bureaucrats are going to be able to dig even deeper into your lives like a bloodthirsty tick now? They can point to the list and say, ah, you're on the list. Now we get to come into your house anytime we want to. Like, what are the ramifications of being on this list? I, so I see it as kind of like a continuance without a finding in like a DUI case. So let's say you get pulled over for a DUI and you you didn't have you went, you didn't drink. Mm-hmm. Let's say you didn't. Um, in fact, I have uh, I didn't get charged with a DUI, but I had a cop you know 
Have you been drinking? Well, if I answer that question, you're going to use it against me. You know, was was my my response. Uh, and you know, he totally could have charged me with a DUI. He he obviously knew I wasn't drinking uh, because the cop knows me and I don't mm-hmm. drink. And it happened to be one of maybe if the cop didn't know me, it'd be a little different. But a lot of times, what happens with people who get busted for a DUI and there's basically no evidence, there's no way to prove it. The and and the lawyers love to do this because all you know, ninety nine percent of your lawyers are just totally lazy. You know, they're just part of the oh, yeah. system. They're they're they just want to walk you through a plea deal, right? Uh, so they're like, well, we'll just do this continuous without a finding. So now, as if you get busted or the same, they want to pick on you. You haven't, you know, drank or mm-hmm. you know, let's say you had one beer and they want to give you a hard time about it. Uh, now they call that as a first offense if you get busted again. I see. So. Uh, if if they're looking to, and, and you know, just like you know, uh, the sheriff uh, Hathaway said that they could basically you know go after you for any reason. You know, you got expired you know food in a the refrigerator. There was some trash, you know, too much trash in a trash can. Dirty dishes in the sink. Uh, you know, your your kid had an outburst at Walmart. You know, whatever they want, they just use anything they mm-hmm. can. And actually, what we know now is at least with the case of Melissa Coombs. And this Colleen Zubrut, who protected Melissa Coombs uh, in this, they make up lies out of thin air. So these people just make up lies yeah. out of totally thin air. Let's say somebody just doesn't like you for some reason or wants to make an anonymous call. In fact, I, when I was a kid uh, in Massachusetts, my father had to evict a guy out of a rental house he had. Mm-hmm. And when it, and after we evicted the guy out of the rental house, which was a, you know a, a big deal, it cost us you know. It's couple awful. thousand dollars, and, and, and the guy destroyed, the, him and his girlfriend oh, destroyed the house. And uh, basically right after this, Child Protective Services and cops show up at, at, at our house. I was hmm. mm, eh, 14, 15 years okay. old, and they said that they got an anonymous report that, that uh, my father was sexually abusing the kids, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And my you know, dad you know, told them to leave, and that you're trespassing and don't good. come back. And what they didn't know is uh, one of my dad's very good friends at the time worked for CPS in Massachusetts. Okay. And she printed up the file of who called the phone number and really? got the and, and everything. And it was this 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 woman that uh, the tenant, the, the former tenant, the, the girlfriend of the tenant. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she was living with the boyfriend. The boyfriend is who we rented to. And got we had it. To, so, anyways, the girlfriend of the tenant. And um, <clears throat> she was in our, let's say, horse community. Mm-hmm. And at one of the horse things, my uh, father passed out all this documentation Whoa. to her. And the guy who sold her hay refused to sell her hay. Mm. The guy who, she went to the local grain store, you get it, you get out of here. They wow. kicked her out of the grain store. They wouldn't let her buy any grain. She actually went to another grain store and they t- told the same thing because we just basically awesome. told all our friends. Yeah, and, and that's how justice should be served. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't sue her, didn't bring any charges against her. And the woman that worked for CPS, um, she did a really good job cleaning the files up and she, she didn't even care. She goes, you go present this. If it comes back to me, I don't care. Hmm. Uh, she goes, I'll claim whistleblower status because this is wrong. Do you know what Footloose's um, YouTube page is called? Absolute uh, Defiance. So on there, he interviews a guy. Mm. Uh, it was about a year ago. And the guy talks about how he was raped multiple times, how the, the uh, who was uh, Hazleton, something Hazleton's old lady's name. She's like the director mm. or some. I don't know what, what her position is in DCYF, but that was 
his like social worker back in it when he was in the okay. um, Sununu house or the detention center or whatever they call it, the child youth detention center. And she was well aware of it. He's claiming. And uh, Footloose actually got a call from some state trooper saying you have to take this down immediately. What? Threatening him and stuff when he put this up. Uh, but there's a, it's like an hour long interview. Uh, I guess what'd you say? Absolute defiance. Absolute defiance. That's uh, his channel. And you could, and this guy, you know, talks about basically how he got raped and uh, multiple times again and again. And they did nothing. And they did nothing. They just they kept covering up for each other. And That's but this crazy. is what happens. You know, I call that these, is just so evil. It is so easy. But this is what what happens when you allow people to to just get away with murder. Get away with rape. Get away with molest. All this stuff. All these crimes that state employees can get away with because... They're literally a criminal gang. I mean, they're literally a criminal enterprise. They use violence and the threat of violence to extort money from people. They call it property taxes. If you don't pay them, they'll steal your home from you, which you found out how that works in Massachusetts because they did it to you. And so you have to pay into this criminal enterprise... They can arrest anybody they want, which is really just a kidnapping, and they can hold that person for ransom. They can't, it's called bail money. They can hold that person in their cages as long as they want to, you know, just bring more charges, concoct charges against their political enemies. We're seeing it happen, of course, with Donald Trump at the national level at this point. I mean, all of the uh, the facade has been wiped away, I think, in a lot of ways from uh, from the state. Of course, people still believe that they can turn it around or elect good people or whatever. And it's like it doesn't matter if you elect good people. The bureaucrats are entrenched. They're not going anywhere unless you can completely abolish this stuff. Yeah, the only thing we can, of it. we can really do at this point <laughs> is to raise Generation Next to not need them, mm-hmm. to not want them to not support them, to stop paying these taxes, to um, just reject them, to opt out, uh, to not even, and, and it starts with not even let, not even allowing the state to put any of your child's biological data on their paperwork, on their paper in in, in their paperwork world. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so well, yeah, if they don't know the kid exists, then they can't really go after it. Right. Oh, so you know. What this is, what this particular thing is going to do. The next time I have a situation, we have a situation with these guys. Is so they have. You're this- talking about a letter that you've received, right? Listeners just tuning in. You got a letter from DCYF saying that they are essentially certifying your wife as a child in uh, in danger or t- child neglector. They, yeah, they say that she's. Uh, they're finding it's a notice of finding. Yeah. Okay, uh, neglect. And they have an assessment number here, and they've done an assessment, it sounds like. And I'm, I'm very curious to see if they've gotten money from the federal government from doing this assessment because what I, what I can tell is they haven't done the assessment. So I wonder what kind you of fraud that is. should ask that at the hearing. I, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of questions asked at the hearing. A lot of the stuff that these thugs do is done in secret because when they come at a family, it's embarrassing generally, right? Like who wants to admit that DCYF is coming into their lives it's a right right it looks oh, yeah. bad right like it looks like a black mark yeah a few people will get on the radio and talk about it right and all of these things are sealed because it's children and it's minors mm-hmm. so this is why nobody can investigate them this is why mm-hmm. so california is like the most diabolical evil state when it comes to child protective services the amount of children that just go missing in dcyf custody is thousands wow thousands in california there's a uh, a documentary called save the babies 
That's a documentary people should watch. In fact, that's a documentary that these social workers mm-hmm. need to watch. Uh, all these state representatives need to watch. In fact, uh, I am going to talk with a filmmaker about making a documentary exactly about my case mm. and what's going on here. Because, you know, I, I have... I, I mean, well, you're I, actually documented. I mean, there's I've actual documented video, everything. right? Every time these bureaucrats show up, you pull out a video camera yep. and you get it on the record. And that's why I wanted to focus on was that that's what makes your case so different. Besides the fact there's no abuse or anything like that going on here, obviously, but you have the wherewithal and the knowledge as an activist to know that when bureaucrats show up, it's not just the cops. Like we were talking with David Hathaway, the sheriff down in uh, in Arizona at the border, about dealing with police at pullovers and uh, border patrol and the sneaky tricks that they try to pull and. And we talked about getting that on on video. That seems obvious, right? Like, that's something you want to do. It may seem not as obvious that when other bureaucrats show up in your life, whether they be a a building inspector or DCYF or whoever it is we're talking about, they want to try to ruin your life, you should get it on video. And there's no reason not to. I understand people will say, well, if I... If I upset them, then they'll come at me even harder. Well, yeah, I stop su- being a simp. Yeah, Be I suppose a man. that's possible. But the benefit of doing this beyond the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, I guess the positivity or the the benefit of being a man and standing up for yourself and feeling, you know, what that feels like to actually say no and not be a little bitch and just go along with whatever it is that they they want you to do to stand on your rights and shine light on what these people are doing is so valuable now it's valuable in a different way it's not like a bunch of people going to necessarily give you a bunch of money which would be nice like to put up a fundraiser and actually get some support um i think the the story would have to get out a little wider than it currently is in order for that to happen but if anybody does want to support me there's a way you could do it how's that you could go to my website jnoon.com that's j-a-y-n uh i'm sorry j-a-y-n-o-o-n-e.com and uh crypto links and i have down at the bottom of the page uh i mean it goes to my you know man camp donation but there's some crypto links there that'll show up in my wallet you could uh cool you could throw me some coin uh i gotta update that page i need to come up that i need i need some help with that i don't really have a Problem is, a bunch of my buddies that are into website stuff, they all work like 100 hours a week anyways. Yeah, it's hard to find good help because they're always busy Right, if they're good. I mean, that's, that's yep. the same thing with your business when you're yep. you know doing construction or whatever. It's hard to hire Jay because everybody wants to hire him. But uh, the point is, if you ever want to get big with a story, you got to have something to show people. And yeah. you've got video, and that makes a huge difference. You've been documenting this thing the whole way. So we documented the court trial. That video's up. We doc- you documented when the bureaucrats showed up at your house and you refused to let them search or let them in or talk to them or whatever. You've documented all that stuff, and you're going to document this administrative hearing. And they better let you because it should be a public hearing if you're allowed to bring people to it. Any kind of hearing you have. I know that uh, with D- the DMV, they had an administrative hearing with regards to one of my cases a while back. I actually had Mark Stevens kind of quote-unquote represent me in that case and the administrative tribunal guy the not not a judge right but bureaucrat uh the head boss or whoever it was that was uh running this hearing got so mad at mark stevens he hung up the phone on him and disconnected he denied you a fair and meaningful hearing sarah you're on free talk live go ahead 
I got a call back from the transit department and from the messages, um, it, it kind of sounds like they're going to fade out the advertisement on the buses and bus stops um, when the contract ends. Because I, I, you know, called the city about it, how how it's, how annoying it is. And, and my whole point is that the money that they made from all these advertisements, what what do they have to show for it? What what do I? How does it benefit my the public? I mean, I don't feel any of it. Well, I mean, you know it would mean? benefit the the public in that if there were uh, lower costs to ride the bus, didn't you call us a little while back and say that the buses are free? Right, but that well, who's they have all for the it? same amount of wait, wait, wait. They have the same amount of commercials and advertisement when we were paying two dollars a day. Mm-hmm. They had the same thing going, trying to make every um, buck off of everybody when we had to pay. So, and then now we have so no So you mechanics. want it all. You want to have to not pay and not see advertising. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, we were paying, and then we still had the same amount of advertising. I understand. But, this is what- but now you're not paying, and now you don't want to have advertising either. Right. So right. you just want the taxpayers to have to pay for the whole thing because you're upset um, because you have to look at an advertisement. Okay, but we had advertise we had advertisements, and I had I still have to pay two dollars. I know for you've said that pass. three times now. So what difference does it make? Well, I mean, what what? The, okay, so listen, Sarah, I'm not that, here to defend. Sarah, I'm not here to defend the government bus system. I think it's a monopoly. It's generally crap in most places because it's a monopoly. They have no real competition, and uh, and I think that what you're looking at here is you are essentially just a welfare uh, person, and so you're essentially addicted to government welfare. You think you're entitled to it. And you're acting as an entitled person would act. You're saying, not only do I want to uh, never have to pay to ride the bus, which you used to have to, now you don't, but you don't even want to see an advertisement while you're sitting on the bus or while you're looking at the bus or while you're sitting at the bus stop. And that means somebody has to foot the bill for you riding the bus. I don't even think that government subsidized infrastructure should even exist to begin with. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. But if it is going to exist, I don't blame them for wanting to sell ads on the space. Maybe that could bring the cost to taxpayers down. It probably didn't. It's probably just going into some slush fund or whatever. I mean, it's probably corrupt as hell, but maybe it could bring the price down to the taxpayers. If that's not there, then the taxpayers have to foot the bill for the entire thing. So what you're saying is, Sarah, you want the productive people of of Albuquerque, where you live, to have to pay every single cent of the operating cost to get you from point A to point B. Okay, but does it really make that much of a difference because of the money that they make from advertising? I have no idea. What difference does it make? I have no idea what they were getting from revenue, and you apparently don't either, do you? I don't. They never tell you, but you know what? We don't they have. They should have tell no you. Mechanics. Don't you have a Freedom of Information Act? Can't you ask questions and get answers from these bureaucrats? All I know is they cut the route. We we were mm-hmm. short on. We have no bus routes because we have. They don't hire. They don't pay the bus driver. Nobody could. Uh, nobody wants to drive a bus. We Gee, don't have I any mechanics. Why. 
Why do you think no one wants okay. to drive a bus? I got a cousin who's a bus driver in Springfield, Massachusetts. I mm-hmm. can tell you exactly why, but we'll let Sarah finish. Yeah, why do you think, Sarah? Why do you think people don't want that job? Well, I mean, um, they uh, are pretty mean to the bus drivers. They, who? The Who's state, mean? They don't prosecute Who's mean people the... that ride the bus. Who? who? They, so you're they saying throw the people... rocks. Mm-hmm. They throw They're throwing you rocks. Know, I mean, they... Wow. Well, they want to. Okay, there was times that they don't want to get off because it's too cold. Mm-hmm. They just throw rocks. They throw beer cans. They assaulted them, yeah. and they're mean. They uh, all do, the stuff. What do all these people? So, okay, have my co- whole point is the money that they get from the advertisement. What does it do for the bus riders? What has it done for me? Okay, that, <laughs> it's all about you, isn't make. it, Sarah? What were you going to say, Jay? So, Sarah, I got a question. You talked about these people who basically harass and antagonize. Basically, the reason the bus drivers don't want to have this job, uh, would you say that uh, these people are, are working class people or are they welfare recipients? Um, you know, I think they're, um, you know, they have a lot of uh, emotional anger problems. You know, they're mad about their but didn't answer the question. abuse. Can you answer the question? I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're all working. Maybe they're homeless. I, I really don't know. I, I don't think it's the working people that are doing the jobs acting like this. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.